Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined as always by my good, good friend, Mr. JW Crewall. JW, how's it going today? Hey, pretty good, Riley. I'm feeling just generally good. It's been a good week. That's a good place to be. We love yeah. that for you. Dude, and I'm excited for NAIC next week. I'm excited to take the day off. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, sure. Actually, I get a couple of days off this weekend, which sounds kind of funny, but any people with kids know that whenever you can dump your child off with your parents and take a couple days for yourself, that's going to be a good time. So Harper is going with my parents Friday morning. They're going to drive down, and we're going to drive up to meet them tomorrow night which is thursday and then they're you know okay we're gonna meet up in michigan and then we just get to spend a couple days uh without the kid kind of in preparation for japan so the whole yeah. idea is that my wife and i are going to be going to japan for about 10 days um i'll be there for 16 days and then my wife is going to join kind of for the second half of the trip so we're going to leave harper at home with them and we wanted to give them an opportunity we wanted to give our baby an opportunity to kind of feel out how that week and a half period is going to go without parents uh so we're we're dumping them on my my parents uh, uh this weekend so we'll have a couple days dumping is maybe an aggressive <laughs> we're just we're just punting her into my parents house mm, i don't know about that one either but yeah i feel you yeah i am also really excited it's Definitely setting in. The NAIC is is just mm-hmm. over a week away at this point. Um, I actually was... I'm also super excited for Japan as well. Obviously, it's been a rising thought in my mind as the date gets closer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was I realized the other day, because um, I'm going to a wedding in August as well, so I, I put in a vacation request, and I realized between like going to London and going to Worlds that I actually only have one vacation day left for the entire yo, year yo. <laughs> after after the wedding. So uh, we're going to have to figure that one out. I do get a flexible holiday, so like I can use it before or after an ex- nice. another work. Do you get? Holiday. Do you have like sick days that you're allowed to kind of take? Because our management is – so the management in my like software developer group is – somewhat separate from the general management of the entire company right like because we're uh-huh. kind of a bit of a branch off of the main company and so they're like oh go for it dude like take all your sick days you know make <laughs> sure you take all your sick days because like you know, screw the main company not not exactly but just like you know make sure that you're taking your days off because that's what they're here for so um yeah we do kind of have the philosophy that you should take your days off but yeah. Uh, sick days are meant to be used for like <laughs> either actually being sick or like mental health or trying to sleep in or whatever like not so much as a substitute <laughs> for a vacation <laughs> <laughs> so maybe other people have done that i try not to. <laughs> yeah 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 i certainly have used them for like you know what i just need to go home and sleep <laughs> right maneuvers yeah um but never like substitute for a vacation i think it'll end up being fine because usually i don't go home for thanksgiving um and then i do have all my remote work days left so i figure like around christmas i'll take the flex holiday around then and like maybe work remotely 
the rest yeah. of the week or something like that. So I think it'll work fine, but it was just kind of it was just kind of making me laugh. I thought I had more left. And then yeah, I was gonna say it is kind of funny, right? Like you you're going through and you're like, oh my gosh, I have all these trips planned, and where did all the time go? Yeah, and it also it kind of also bubbled up because two of my friends were planning to connect a trip to uh, the Grand Canyon with our. Oh with an upcoming trip to San Diego for work. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that'd be so sick. Like, I'd love to do that one vacation day. Okay. Like, <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Maybe still, yes, but I'm going to have to, like, think about it a little harder. So, yes, right. Um, so, but yeah, it, you know, things have been good with, with me as well. And I'm excited for NAIC in just a week uh, and some change. And I'm really excited to, to talk with you about, you know, what we've discovered over the the last few weeks with how they evolved sort of falling into people's hands and uh, and where this spells going forward yeah it's kind of funny because i like for this tournament i don't have i have like enough testing but i don't have a lot of testing because of the client right so like ptcg live has just been a really abysmal place to try to test um and so i've had to re- you know i say resort to but you know it's been a lot more in-person testing uh, more theory more throwing games against myself on um the limitless simulator things like this kind of non-traditional ways for me of testing these decks yeah and so i i am le- i like have less i guess in game play because i just can't roll games as fast but I feel surprisingly more confident yeah. about this tournament just because I, I feel like there's a clear best deck in format. I feel like I have a few options of lists that I could go with. I feel like I have a few archetypes that I'm pretty comfortable with. And I'm just really looking forward to playing some poke. And I think there's a lot of opportunity to outplay opponents right now in the game. For sure. Yeah, you know, I've... I was originally feeling a little unprepared myself, like underbaked, so to speak, um, for similar reasons, right? That TCG Live is really not a serviceable testing client at the moment, um, but I don't have like a really well-established group here in Madison. Uh, but Andrew made sort of a last-minute plan to, to come to Madison this past weekend, and um, besides doing our Hot Ones Challenge, we primarily played <laughs> Pokemon cards. And, you know, I think that was really good for both of us. Uh, he, he mentioned that it was nice to kind of shake off the rust. Um, I kind of felt the same way where neither of us, like, really seriously prepped for a tournament after EUIC. We kind of, like, rolled with the punches from that point onward. Right. Um, so it's refreshing to me to um, just feel prepared and, like, have all those in-person reps, um, even in spite of the online client sort of lack of, of serviceability. And also uh, Chris, who had top four Milwaukee Regional last year, um, reached out to me and asked if I wanted to do some testing. So he might come over this weekend as well to try and get some more reps in. So yeah, you know, I think it's, you know, I guess there's pros and cons. Like in some ways, TCG Live sucking so bad has encouraged me to find more face-to-face interaction with my peers. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I guess you could argue that's a good thing in a, in a roundabout way. It certainly is. I had my neighbor. I was telling you about my neighbor that plays Pokemon that yeah. I met at a tournament. So I finally had him over on Monday uh, along with a few other friends to uh, hang out and play. So, yeah, that has been like a kind of auxiliary 
benefit, like a silver lining, maybe of the yeah, silver lining so is a good bad, way to describe it. Uh, that I've yeah hung out with him a little bit, and and we got some games in. Uh, that's yeah, I think that's awesome. So why don't we just jump into it then? So Paldea Evolved is now we've now both got some in person reps. We've practiced online. We're feeling decent about what we've seen so far. Um, you know, JW, I don't know about you, but it seems increasingly clear to me, and it, it almost felt more definitive the more games I played, that Gardevoir is just that deck. It is so flipping good that it's, like, almost insane to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has every answer. Uh, it can hang with any deck. It really doesn't have something... It doesn't have a matchup that I'm like, oh, I'm really scared to play this. It can weasel its way out of any situation. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you when I said, you know, okay, I, th- I feel like there's a best deck in format out there. I think it's that. Do I think it's, like, head and shoulders, like, beyond anything and nothing else can compete? No. But do I feel like it has even or favorable matchups generally across the board? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so let's let's take a step back and, like, try and conceptually define why that might be. Because Gardevoir has seen a fair amount of cards that have been added to its card pool post Paldea Evolve, most notably Super Rod and Iono. Uh, Super Rod allowing you to recover those Pokemon and energy sometimes even uh, without having to play a supporter, which you previously had to play Clara or Miriam to recover your Pokemon line, which has had the, the two-sided benefit, I think, of A, it makes Pokemon generally more recoverable, like, if you lose a Curlia line on turn two, it's not as devastating as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and B, you know, sort of tangentially related, it also lets you play more aggressive supporter options, like, throughout the game as opposed to relying on these goofy supporters. Yeah, um, definitely. So on the turns that you, like, would rather recover your Pokemon, you're not stuck playing Miriam. You can Super Odd and Iono in that turn. And that's exactly. a huge exactly. change. So. That segues nicely into Iono, which is such a good option. Pretty much every turn that you're not playing boss's orders with Gardevoir, Iono is like the supporter you're trying to play. And it is just, I think that's ultimately what really propelled Gardevoir to that next level is when we think of Gardevoir in the Scarlet and Violet format, you think of its general weakness to Lost Box, at least allegedly so. And that weakness starts it starts to close the gap a little bit now yeah. that you have that iono in addition to just being a powerful disruption option you know like the arceus decks don't like being ionoed repeatedly if they're not playing v barrel um and if they are playing v barrel then they're probably playing like giratina which doesn't match up that well in the guardy anyway <laughs> right. um so it just it has all these tools and that's in addition to having the best one prize attacker. That's in addition to being able to reach for not unlimited, but unlimited as far as like HP numbers that you care about (laughs) and having insane draw support on your Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, the thing about Gardevoir that's really impressed me and we've talked about this, but just to reiterate is with, Iono being a you know a really nice draw supporter, it opens the deck up a little bit, right? So you're not playing Judge and you're not playing Roxanne and Super Odd, you're not playing Miriam, so you can you know again it's kind of like shifting the core of the deck to make it just even more consistent in those early game turns. Um, but you you are the premier one prize deck in this format, 
Yeah. There's a few different ways to play it, but largely you can attack with the Gardevoir relatively easily. If you're playing a Driftblim line, like that comes out. I've been messing with um, Driftblim and Drifloon. the Bravery Charm. Or sorry, Driftloon, right? And the Bravery Charm. We're not making um, it to Driftblim. <laughs> oh, dude, believe me, if I if I made it to Driftblim, something went horribly wrong. <laughs> but you're you know you have these these incredible one prize options. Um, and then, you know, you have the Cresselia as well, which is a great option to go into. Uh, but then you also have like the reach um, either through the Guardi or through the Zacian. Yeah. But what Super Odd allows you to do is, again, like you don't have to bench the Zacian. Whereas I felt like pre-Paldea Evolved, the Zacian was really important, like to yeah. get those early, you know, kind of things going get the deck kind of flowing a little bit get energy out of the deck um it was usually like a first attacker but now i feel like with the super odds you know you're more easily able to like bring it out later and then just reuse it immediately you don't have to use the zashin if you don't need it yeah I, I think those are all great points and i really don't want to undersell the versatility of gardevoir's game plan right like as far as oh my goodness my cats are going to war dude um, i heard that yeah sure. <laughs> it's a little, little went for the throat maneuver there uh <laughs> as far as guard as far as decks that try and take prizes right mm -hmm. gardevoir has pretty much every tool you would want it has single prize attackers multi-prize attackers it has huge hp guys uh it has disruption with iono it has damage counter placement with cresselia to either soften up or take bench knockouts it has draw support with curlia and shining arcana it has energy acceleration infinite energy acceleration like that's an insane quantity of things that gardevoir can execute on and mm. execute on very well and and like every card is just so good like cresselia for example not only is it just a great answer to Lost Box, like it really pressures that deck, and it can pressure it so much harder with the addition of Super Rod. You really yes. don't want to underestimate the power of Super Rod. Um, so the Cresselia is not only just so good against Lost Box, but there's so many situations where it just ends up being useful. Like against B-Barrel decks, you can maybe KO a uh, Squovit or KO a B-Doof, um, or you can soften something up all while removing damage counters from your bench, which actually is relevant because one of the biggest weaknesses of Shining Arcana is simply that it just doesn't have enough HP to get those really big reach knockouts without having some prior attachments. Right. And Cresselia just kind of fixes that for you in the middle of the game. Yep, It's exactly. just so crazy like how much this deck can do. And I agree with your assessment that, yeah, it's not like blowing every single matchup completely out of the water, but it feels favored and it a lot of them and in the ones that it doesn't feel favored it still feels like it has a pretty solid chance and really isn't eking that far past 50 50 yeah completely agree completely agree it's going to be the deck that you know i would expect at naic to and i know we'll talk about this a little later on the cast but i expect to hit it at least three times like i could see it being a solid 25 30 percent of the field um, similar to how lugia oh easily right and months. i think that's even exacerbated by the fact that a it's gardevoir like people love gardevoir and gardevoir decks but b it's like an energy acceleration deck people love energy acceleration and c it's a stage two deck and that just is exciting to people right yeah. like people would yeah. gravitate to gardevoir even when it wasn't in the best meta position possible so i think it just had the recipe for a really like tier zero deck in terms of representation with gardevoir yeah. definitely definitely yeah great deck so I, I think with that context, 
everything else that we talk about, right, is framed around Gardevoir's position in the format. Gardevoir's throne is the best deck. Every other deck sort of builds off of that narrative, right? Um, so the question becomes naturally, like, how do you deal with Gardevoir? I think the first answer that many people will go to and gravitate to is like a lost zone box type of deck right like mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. sable eye mirage gate whatever you have type of deck um my experience and jw i'm curious to, to hear if you differ is that with the addition of iono that these lost zone box traditional style of decks don't really have that much better than 50 50 if that even um like it feels like they're clocking in close to 50 percent at this point just because they aren't able to pressure gardevoir the same way they were before and are now being pressured by iono every single turn of the game yeah it's interesting i still do give the slight edge to lost box but um like we were talking about earlier the gap has closed considerably with iono so i i do feel like iono is that shift card where it's okay lost box is still trying to go for that early pressure they're trying to take an early knockout with a cramorant or maybe even you know raikou dragonite that kind of thing and just get that first couple of knockouts before the um you know, pick things off before the Gardevoir player can stabilize. So yeah. I, I do feel like Iono there closes that gap where the Lost Box player is trying to accrue a huge hand but gets it disrupted multiple times while they're taking these prizes or at least while they're trying to take these early prizes. Um, but I, I would get the slight edge to Lost Zone Box. Lost Zone is, um, this turbo list is one of like kind of my sleeper choice like right no. now if you had to ask you know you asked me what i would play for naic i'd say guardy because i do feel like that has the most potential to outplay my opponents i feel like um the list that we've been throwing around is really good compared to some of the other ones that i've seen it has a lot of answers for a lot of the decks and is just super consistent the turbo loss zone box is my number two right now because i do feel like it has the tools necessary to compete with Gardevoir, although it is, you know, it, it can't struggle with Iono, um, but you're just trying to go through your deck so fast as opposed to like a Kyogre build where you really need those specific, you know, three, four, five, six card combos at the end of the game to take your last four prizes. Uh, it certainly hurts that much more, the Iono does. Um, and in these kind of turbo builds, you just want to get motoring through your deck as fast as possible. Um, and, I, and I feel like that early pressure can, um, you know, still overwhelmed guard war at times i definitely do agree that the turbo is kind of my preferred style of the box variants of lost zone decks uh i do think the Kyogre is slightly out of favor with the addition of iono in the format just every deck getting so much more disruption power uh, particularly guard of war but really every deck getting so much more disruption power is kind of uncomfortable for those Kyogre decks um though obviously like the addition of super odd and, and things like that is good for for kyogre um, i think the turbo deck is a little more appealing to me at at present time you know get get the shoes in there dig yes, through your deck totally. as fast as possible totally. figure out what happens you know when, when we look back at milwaukee i think one of our deck building mistakes was not playing the shoes in a in a more fast paced version lost zone deck mm -hmm. um and i don't think that's a mistake i would make going into naic 
Yeah, definitely as fast as possible. I think um, just touching on that idea of the speed of the opponent's deck still being um, a, a potential drawback for Gardevoir, because I think you look at a lot of the slower builds uh, or generally slower decks, like like I would say Arceus is a slower deck, even though they can pretty much guarantee a turn to attack, but they're not pressuring you on that first turn if you're going second. Um, I think about like Chen Pao as a bit of a slower deck in this format. Um, really, mostly any other deck besides... Um, Lost Zone, Turbo Lost One Box, and Mew. And these are where I feel like Guardi has a bit of a struggle on its hands, especially if you're playing against Mew and you don't play the Spirit Tomb, but that's, you know, that, that's a whole other side conversation entirely. But these decks, Mew and Turbo Lost One Box, that can really pressure that turn one knockout, I feel like have been hard for Gardevoir to stabilize under some of that pressure. It's still, again, you can make cra crazy comebacks with Iono, but those have been the matchups that I've struggled the most with. Yeah. I still think that the matchup is a little closer for, you know, maybe slightly favor for Lawson, but cl even closer to for Gardevoir than, than maybe you purport. But mm -hmm. I, I do agree that, like, the decks that are threatening those turn one knockouts are the decks that are doing the best versus Gardevoir right now. Um, you want that early pressure, and that's what will allow you to keep up with them, right? If you give them that one free turn then they're already like evolving to Curlia's, right? And, and all of a sudden now you have like a problem on your hands. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> they can so quickly fill up their bench. We also didn't even talk about Artisan. Like if they get that in the first couple of turns, they're able to use it once or twice in addition to a VIP pass. Like they're completely stocked up on dudes. Um, so yeah, I, I think in general, those decks that are attacking early on are going to be the ones that are more favored, more reliable into the matchup. And I kind of want to use this as an opportunity to talk about Giratina Lost Zone a little bit uh, as sort of the other premier Lost Zone deck in the format right now, in my opinion. Um, and Giratina is actually the one deck that I have felt has been consistently winning against Gardevoir. Uh, I don't know if you've seen similar experiences, but I think the thing I like about Giratina as compared to Turbo Box is Giratina does still threaten that turn one attack. But it sets up better late game checkmates, which are are not possible to be disrupted with Iono. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I know that Andrew follows very closely and respects a lot of the uh, Japanese tournaments and Japanese players. And when you look at their most recent championships uh, from just a couple weeks ago, three Giratina Lost Zone box decks yeah. made top eight with you know a few more you know certainly um in, in that top 32 so it's really interesting because in our online tournaments and in our formats and what i've seen from streamers and uh league and things like this like i really haven't seen anyone well i think your team lost box has two major flaws and, and they might even be one flaw that maybe maybe even are more relevant here in the west um the first is that it is generally a little less consistent than the traditional lasso box style of deck um you know you have these giratinas which are a little bit more bricky than than some of the cards that you have the opportunity to fit in a lasso box deck right mm -hmm. like you're not playing those shoes man which sucks um the second is that Giratina is unfavored in the Lost Zone Box Mirror. And I think generally 
Lost in a Box has been more popular, at least in Palladay Evolved format here in the West than it has been in Japan. Um, and I do think that is like the most significant detractor for Giratina, in my opinion, is the fact that it's not very good in those Lost Zone mirrors. Like, can it win? Sure, like it can win, but the Lost Zone box decks are just going to execute on the mirror strategy better than Giratina can more often than not. So that's interesting. So would you would that be enough to encourage you to play Giratina the favorable would you say uh gear uh Gardevoir matchup would that be enough to get you to play it considering everything else you just said especially about the Lost One Box kind of mirror it's tough um i think you could justify it but i think you will likely see you know if you're seeing three Gardevoirs you're probably seeing two Lost Box would be my guess mm-hmm. um and i think that's not really an acceptable it's tough to take a, a loss to something you'll play twice. People have done it, right? Like, uh, we saw Meloetta Mew winning tournaments in this past format when it took a unfavorable matchup to Lost Box, even when Lost Box was the most popular deck in the room. So it's not like the opportunity doesn't exist for Giratina, but I would be slightly uncomfortable selecting that as my deck. Alternatively, you could make the, the flip side argument, though, and this is... One, I don't always I don't hate when people make this argument to be honest. And that's that you have to like be high rolling your matchups anyway and be high rolling your games to like win these tournaments. So at that point, like why don't you play a deck that maybe takes an L in favor of like having other stronger matchups, right? I think that's not a bad way to go into a tournament like NAIC, but it's not my personal like tournament prep style, I would say. Sure. Sure. What are some of the other insights that you gained from the hours of playtesting that you did with Andrew over the weekend? I think Lugia is just like off the table altogether for us. Um, to be honest, it doesn't feel like a ton changed for Lugia. It just did not feel very good in this format. We didn't really try the pure colorless version, mm-hmm. but the single strike version just didn't didn't feel like a deck that is worth considering in um in the Palde Evolve format. Um Mew was really good. It was actually really, really strong into Gardevoir when Gardevoir did not play the Spiritum. Um so I think Mew is a really solid pick. You kind of have to play Fusion as a result of, of Spiritum existing. And also I think Fusion is just better positioned in general right now. Um but you know if people are playing Spirit Team in high quantities, that will eventually, I think, start to wear away at you. Um, Andrew and I tried really hard to get creative as well. Um, we tried a lot of Arceus decks, uh, particularly Andrew was interested in Alolan Volpix as a card, and we could just not get it to work. We couldn't get it to be Gardevoir consistently, no matter what combination of cards we threw into an Arceus deck, it was not working. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've kind of given up on Arceus, to be honest. Um, like, we tried Dura Umbreon variants. We tried B-Barrel variants. We tried Vulpix and all sorts of Arceus styles to, like, try and counter Gardevoir. You know, it just... None of it felt like it was sticking. And 
just every every turn swinging with a two prizer that Gardevoir could knock out in one hit doesn't feel that good <laughs> to yeah. be honest um so you know i, I think you also call out arceus is a slower deck and i think that's part of what it is right mew also is throwing up multi-prize attackers every single turn but it's putting on significantly more pressure than arceus is um also, most Arceus variants struggle to one-hit KO the Gardevoir EX, which is relevant mm -hmm. a lot, <laughs> to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Arceus is off the table. Um, we played a little Chen Pao. I, I would not recommend playing that deck <laughs> for NAIC, I don't think. It uh, felt kind of like a pile. Um, and one thing we didn't have a chance to... Honestly, I will say this one comment. Andrew and I decided that Chen Pao is kind of like the same deck as Maridon in a way. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, it's a 220 HP attacker that does a decent amount of damage, uh, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, and you know? need and you need like big combos, like you know, you need the rare candy Baxcalibur. Yeah, and it has like a really appealing ability. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It has an ability that like in any other format might be very very strong um and it just gets outclassed in this format by the context yeah the so around it chen pao feels kind of fake to me um, i totally agree i think that deck is an absolute trap I, I i mean it's not like it's not the worst deck out there like in the <laughs> metagame right now but it just can't compete with the you know tier one yeah decks right now so i think all said and done Guardi and Lassone, be it Giratina or Sableye, um, are going to be like the premier decks that you're looking at in, mm. in this format. Um, so it, it is similar in some ways to last format, but Gardevoir's threat level and presence is just shot through the roof. One thing we didn't really test, admittedly, was uh, Reversal Energy Gardevoir. Um, I would love to give that more of a spin, but I think there's just something to be said about, A, the results, right? Like, if you look at Japanese results, Reversal Energy is not consistently placing. Um, not to say that discounts the deck, but also just, like, playing a more straightforward deck that doesn't rely almost on your opponent being ahead of you is appealing to me. One of my favorite parts about playing Gardevoir on the table this past weekend was honestly just going in with, like, a turn two Gardevoir EX. Most decks can't deal with that. Yeah. Um, and then you just kind of get a free turn to do something. And that's so insane, especially if yeah, you play collapsed. Well, and that's the thing too, with this deck, I feel like the early game and, and getting into that turn two Gardevoir is a, is much more smooth with the four Iono. Like you're opening up all these, you know, draw opportunities in the early game that, you know, maybe you played, right. You had judge, you had, um, Serena, you had, um, the you know, Roxanne, worker like some of these more i don't know like dead draw cards in the early or, or i don't know just not as good right as iona like a clean draw six like i feel like you're more easily able to get into that early guard of ex than you were last format yeah i mean the decks before were playing you know for research typically or three mm -hmm. so you still were seeing a lot of cards and there's pros and cons to that right like yeah the research allows you to get psychic energy in your discard more easily, but it also puts you at bigger risk of discarding key resources. Um, whereas Iono digs you one less card, 
and it doesn't discard your psychic energies, but it also means that like those Gardevoir EXs that were in your hand before are still in your deck, and you can Ultra Ball for them without having to play a supporter. So, you know, I think there's kind of a, a push and pull there, but I do think Gardevoir does hit, even with two rare candy, Gardevoir does hit a turn two, like a decent amount of the time, like a surprisingly high amount of the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would not run under the assumption playing against Gardevoir that they're not going to hit it, if that makes sense. Like, I would assume that they are going to be attacking with a Gardevoir turn two. Yeah. And if your deck has, like, no way to deal with that, then you should like think about a way to deal with that at the least <laughs> at least consider it yeah um and i think those were like the big things and honestly gardevoir was really running the table we were having a good time versus everything besides like a close matchup to lost zone box and uh and what felt unfavorable to giratina yeah that's really interesting that's really interesting i mean i don't um i don't think i necessarily disagree uh, entirely other than I would say that my testing with Lost Zone Box into Guardi favored the Lost Zone Box. But it was one of those kinds of things where, you know, when I was playing with um, players on tabletop and we were really, like, kind of grinding out these matchups, um, you know, it, it, whatever deck I was playing, like, I was just beating my opponents. And that's not, again, that's not like a, a, <laughs> a knock on them. But there is, I feel like, a lot of player skill uh, expression right now in the game no matter what deck you play so there's a lot of benefit and i've been saying this for weeks there's a lot of benefit of picking a deck and just playing the heck out of it testing the heck out of it knowing what to do in every matchup and yeah. then hoping that you're you can outskill your opponent when the day comes what i was finding a lot in the the more traditional lost on box and i think the lost on box list that we were piling maybe could have used some polish um but what i was finding was the combination of like swinging with Gardevoir EXs and having Super Rod Cresselia Iono available um, just really made it hard for Lost Zone to not whiff a turn at some point. And once they mm-hmm. did that, that Gardevoir took over the game. Yeah. Um, that was like the experience that we were seeing more often than not. And I, I think the biggest game changer there is honestly the Super Rod for the Cresselia um, plus the Iono. Like being well, able to Cresselia that often is insane well, i was gonna say that that was one of the ways that as the gardevoir player i was finding that i was beating lost boxes just picking off a couple of comfy because comfy you know you usually want to get two down maybe three on the first turn of the game if it if your hand leads you to that right if you need to really dig for those resources but you're often lost zoning one um you know getting rid of one in the in that mid game or, or early game off the choruses so if you're able to kind of spread the damage onto a bench um i know a bench comfy maybe two like you're saying super rod the cresselia back that can really set them back um considerably now i know some of these lists are playing like four super rod um but usually you're trying to save your super rods for the energy that you're digging with uh the greninja for right or on an attacker that you just lost or to retreat manually um and so you're not really hoping to use super rods to recover a comfy um what we but were also that's, seeing as well know, that's that like, how I was seeing it play out. The the threat of Iono also kind of forced out, so to speak, things yeah. like Sableye being benched preemptively, right? Yes. yes. Um, and sure. then you're able to snipe that, for example. And and now the Sableye needs to be recovered. Um, and you're and part of the reason you're forced is because you know you're playing two, three nest ball, right? 
Um, you only have so many ways to get these basics back if they're put on the very bottom of your deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's only so many ways to shuffle your deck even. So And Lost Zone has a lot of like top-down dig. Yes. So if something's put on the bottom, like you might be kind of stuck. So you're forced in many situations to like preemptively bench the Sableye. And if you can Cresselia that, pair that with like Iona Disruption, like all of a sudden they're in this really awkward position uh, where they have to like super audit back and search it back out and attach to it. Um, you know, obviously they have two, but like you're just pressuring them in so many ways. Yeah, there's and, just these little these little margins where you can take advantage. Exactly. Those those margins. And I think Gardevoir lives in those margins right now. Um and that's that's how it like finds its success. Uh, again, I do think we could have polished up our, our loss on list a little bit more to make it feel a little bit better in the matchup. Um but I think Gardevoir just the fact that Gardevoir is able to address it so well at all, regardless of whether or not it's favored is very impressive in my opinion because that's exactly like in theory that's exactly the kind of deck that lost wants to be against right something that takes a turn off something that evolves from little guys <laughs> right uh and the fact that lost zone isn't like convincingly beating the deck is a testament to guard of our strength absolutely i think that's a good stopping point for the first half of the cast we're going to go a little bit more into um what we would expect from the metagame and some of the I think some of the text I'd be really curious to ask you rather like what your list is looking like for Gardevoir, what your list is looking like for Giratina, things like this. But uh, we should take some time right now to thank our presenting sponsor of the Tag Team Pokemon podcast. Let's do that. And let's also not forget after we get back your card of the day for this week. Absolutely. Um, So presenting this week as fans of the podcast might guess is Manscaped. And those of us over at Tag Team love our Manscaped products. I am such a huge fan of the Beard Hedger. It's kept me looking fresh. Uh, I had a a big corporate visit to Epic this week where I had to be looking my best, and the Beard Hedger came in so clutch for that. Uh, So thank you so much to Manscaped for your help there. And that's just one of a litany of products that you have access to over on Manscaped.com. Whether you're trying to take care of your down there hairs with their lawnmower, or general grooming needs with their awesome like shampoos and conditioners and body washes and and beard kits Um, or whether you're trying to get rid of those pesky little ear and nose hairs with your weed whacker or even wearing those boxers 2.0 manscapes got you covered and the great news is those of us a tag team also got you covered with a special discount code jw do you want to give some details about how our listeners can save some money yeah, code tag team, baby, at checkout. Get yourself 20% off plus free shipping. Head on over to manscaped.com. They have a lot of different bundles. If you're a bundler, if you like saving money on that, where you can say, okay, I want this product and this product and this product, they probably have a bundle for you. So head on over to manscaped.com. You also get to save money not only by bundling, but using our code tag team at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Things only seem to be getting more expensive these days, but you get a special discount from listening to the podcast so we do hope you take advantage of it i have people ask me all the time uh about my manscape products hey man you know how's the how's the manscape sponsorship going how are the products doing i'm like great great i'm looking good i'm feeling good i'm ready to play some pokemon in my boxers next week it's all good so head on over to manscape.com code tag team at checkout for 20 percent off plus free shipping if you like money you should be using our code and checking out manscape thanks That's so much right. to manscape for sponsoring the cast 
Now, I did it a little out of order, but our Pokemon card of the day is one card. I, I just think it's stunning, and it's a very colorful card. Okay. It is an EX, and it has some Now, when you the... say EX, I think it's important to clarify. Right. Capitalize. Are they capital or, or are they lowercase? Is it old? Is it new? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it is capital okay ex so that puts you about 10 years ago jeez <laughs> <laughs> uh but it is uh, in my opinion one of, i mean it's one of the more beautiful exes of the era again in okay. my opinion and certainly one of the most colorful exes of the colorful. era colorful exes hmm think kind of rainbow is it like ho ex full art Yes, it's the Ho EX Full Art. That one is really pretty. Yeah, it's a gorgeous <laughs> card. I remember this one because uh, again, this is about you know when I started. I started about 2010, 2011. This was the you know second year that I was really playing in paper, and the Ho EX was one of the most fun decks because you could play it with a bunch of different cards. So it has this rebirth ability. Once during your turn, if this Pokemon is in your discard pile, you may flip a coin. And if heads, put this Pokemon onto your bench and attach three different types of basic energy from the discard pile to this Pokemon. So what you would end up doing, and it has a decent attack. So if you attach three different types of basic energy, you could swing for 80 damage with its rainbow burn attack, which did 20 more damage for each different type of basic energy attached to the Pokemon. Um, so it had a base of 20 and then did 20 more. So you could do 80 damage with the hoe, but what was really special about this card was that there was also energy switch in the format and you could power up all these random other <laughs> attackers that usually would have one colored attack cost and one colorless attack cost. So you had things like Verizian, you had things like Terrakian, you had... Cobalion, all these there other. I say Cobalion. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Yeah, as you were listing like the three musketeers. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Dare I exactly. say Cobalion? <laughs> dare I say it? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had Mewtwo, which could obviously just take advantage of any of the energy that came its way. So um, it, it made for some real fun toolbox decks, and was just a just a really cool card to be able to play, and one of. Again, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful full art EXs of the time. Yeah, I, I, Ho EX is an all timer, like cool card in general, just for like the way it works. Mm -hmm. And the full art of that version of Ho EX is insanely pretty. You know, let's not forget the the Ninja Boy like Ho yes. into uh, Articuno, Moltres, and Zapdos tag team <laughs> shenanigans. So. And yeah, I know. It's crazy. There there are some really wild plays that you could pull off with the Ho-Oh in both standard at its time when it was legal and the expanded format far after it had rotated out of standard. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Ho-Oh is... Uh, that's an ability that I would love to see return in some form because I think it just has so much possibility with like a meme deck or or a counter style deck it's just a really fun fun yeah ability. there's what was it ho v had a similar ability but it ended your turn or something like that is that right ho v was it ho v there was some card that had a similar ability i think it was ho v i'm pulling it up once during your turn if this pokemon is in your discard 
Yeah, you put it onto your bench. If you do, attach up to four basic energy from your discard pile of this Pokemon. If you use this, your turn ends. Yeah, you're right. Ho Ovi. Yeah, so kind of similar. Didn't have to flip, but it ended your turn. You know, I think I'd prefer it the other way almost, where like you can use it as an actual combo piece instead of that being that. You know, yeah, exactly. just getting bossed. Yeah, the flip, and the flip out. is just worth it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe a little bit overboard on the nerfing of, of Ho-Oh, EX, and Ho-Oh-V. But that's an awesome card choice. And with that, let's segue over to our final section of today's cast, which is a look ahead more at the metagame level for what to expect in the Paldea Evolve format proper. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there is major tournament um, a week and some change away. And... We need to know if you're going to NAIC, uh, which like 2,000 Masters players are, it's going to be the biggest tournament in the game's history, allegedly, which is just wild. And if you're going, you need to know what you would expect. So we talked a little bit like, where would these percentages be? I think I would put Guard of War at about three games out of the nine in your first round uh, or in your first day of competition. Yeah. yeah. Not. <laughs> Uh, three Gardevoir in your first round. I know. It's going to be a slog. <laughs> be a lot of Gardevoir. You'll be playing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Gardevoir, I think we, we're both in, in agreement that if there's one deck that you need to be prepared for, either with specific techs, a deck choice, or um, you know just the way that you construct your deck, it has to be Gardevoir. Yeah. And, and I would agree with that. So... If I had to like guesstimate in terms of percentage points, I would say Lugia at its peak was what thirty five percent. I think Gardevoir we will see some somewhere in the ballpark of thirty you know, percent. Yeah, just, I, I think slightly under, but yeah, twenty five to expect, thirty would be yeah, kind I'm, of my yeah. guesstimate there. You know, if, if that's more, uh, more uh, amicable, yeah. So, you know, I think next up it becomes the question and i think if we look at lost zone decks it's easy for that number to inflate by like group depending on how you group them or deflate depending on how you separate them <laughs> but i think realistically like lost zone style of decks will be that number two slot uh we're seeing them being overwhelmingly popular in these online tournaments uh and it's just a a fan favorite coming out of this last format so i think in aggregate, Lost Zone decks actually might be more than Gardevoir, but I think individually we'll see like 10 to 15% per, like between Turbo and like Giratina style decks would be my guess. Yeah, totally. I mean, Lost Zone box has felt really good. We've been seeing it show up a lot in the online tournaments, which has been pretty interesting. I mean, if we look at the last um, online, you know, TCG Live tournament, which I don't give a ton of credit to just with how buggy and uh, messed up the game is but um you know there is something to be said again for like looking at online tournaments i mean you're you're just seeing the whole top 32 littered with lost zone box decks and, and most of them preferring this turbo style version but also you're seeing smatterings of kyogre and and giratina here and there so um yeah i i would agree with you there in, in saying that it's fair to say that lost zone combined will definitely have a larger amount of share and i think next up the the obvious contender becomes Mew, right? Mm -hmm. Um and let me know if you disagree, but I think Fusion Mew is like pretty much solidified itself as the 
the more popular Mew variant, uh, at least in this format. And a Spirit Tomb forced the hand a little bit. I don't think Double Turbo Mew is altogether unviable, but I think we'll see more people gravitate towards Fusion in this format. Well, and I think especially early on, if you're going to play Mew, I think you'd probably favor the Fusion Mew until we understand just how much Spirit Tomb is in the format. I could see, you know, even a Lost Box deck maybe playing a Spirit Tomb. Again, to put that extra layer of pressure onto a Fusion Mew deck or onto yeah. a Double Turbo Mew. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility, right? And you think about things like Lugia, or decks like Lugia, decks like Bax Caliber, decks like Maridon. I think all these decks legitimately could just slap in a Spirit Tomb um, you know, if they're not going to play a Drapion themselves to try to solidify that matchup a little bit. So at the very least, what the Fusion Mew allows you to do is get out from under that Spirit Tomb just a little bit. You have the snipe potential of the Ice Q. You have, of course, the Fusion Strike Energy, which you can attach to your Genesex to be able to draw under the uh, Spirit Tomb lock. And I think that just gives you a better chance into an, an unknown metagame where... I mean, I, I would actually figure Spirit Tomb to be fairly prevalent. Like, I know we're talking about it in Gardevoir. I think that's, like, the natural um, inclusion, like, of all these decks out there, just with ease of search. Uh, but I could see, again, Spirit Tomb making its way into a bunch of things. Ergo, I'd be hard-pressed to play a double-turbo version of you. Yeah, speaking of, I, uh, I was clicking through some of the lists and cards and stuff on limitless and i'm like huh you know spirit tomb rep is like really low i wonder what <laughs> now oh, it's yeah. all clicked so yeah. so no worries there i figured it out uh just for posterity's sake if someone listens back to this in the future spirit tomb is banned on tcg live for game breaking glitches uh so indeed it is you know who's to say why that's the case but you know <laughs> it is what it is i do think it's interesting Mew is really not showing up that hard in these tournaments, despite Spirit Tomb being banned. <laughs> yeah, that right, right. It is interesting, isn't it? Like um, that said, you know when I, I think, and I've said this before, players in North America hate losing the Mew. So I think if they're not playing a Drapion, they're probably playing a Spirit Tomb. <laughs> to be honest, um, Andrew and I did test out a Spirit Tomb in Giratina actually. And it felt so good. You know, it felt like the matchup was like so insanely hard to lose as Giratina mm -hmm. at that mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, for Fusion Mew, is like how? how um, I guess would you consider that a viable play for NAIC? You, I mean, are you even thinking about playing Mew at all? I probably won't be play, playing Mew, regardless of Spirit Tomb. Um, I just don't really like the way the deck feels and plays right now. If, yeah. Even with the heavy four steel stone, even with everything in there, like the these fusion energy builds just always clunk up on me. And I know that like Rowan alleges other otherwise, but it just doesn't feel right to me. Uh, it just feels like I'm constantly drawing these dutter hands. And yeah, sometimes it gets off to the races. A lot of times it gets off to the races, but I don't want to lose the proportion of games that I'm drawing mid to just myself. In addition to all the games I'll lose to to like getting Spirit Tomb turn one and not having an out. Um, you know, that just feels really unpalpable to me. 
Sure. Sure. Um, and I think it's also, it's a little risky to, to play a deck like that into an unknown, you know, where you don't know what Spirit Tomb's going to be looking like or Drapion's going to be looking like uh, in this brand new format. Sometimes, sometimes there's that hole, right? And players identify that and, and run it through and get success. But I almost just feel like Fusion Mew's uncapped potential is still limited by its Lost Zone box matchup anyway. So that like makes it feel not worth it to me. Um, so I think then we've covered kind of the top three, like those to me are solidly the big three archetypes, you know, four, if you separate Lasso Box and Giratina, uh, are there any things that besides those that are really jumping out to you in in noteworthy quantities? Like I'm kind of of the opinion that Lugia has fallen off pretty hard, you know, people will play it, but it's definitely on the down uh chimpao you know is is a maridon of this format so i think that's kind of where to live um you know maybe one top eights but it's at the expense of every other chimpao player mm-hmm. in the room um yep and arceus to me feels like a not worthwhile pick yeah it's fine i mean the, the nice thing about arceus is of course you have um iono and judge so you can just more reliably in that late game put your opponent down to low numbers and path them yeah. and try to mount that comeback. So I like I don't fault anyone, just like I said last format, like I don't fault anyone for defaulting to an Arceus deck. And I would probably lean towards Arceus Giratina if I were to play any of the Arceus decks, uh, just because you have that reach against a Guardi EX or something like that, right? Or against a Mew you have that one-shot potential. Um, I do not fault anyone because Path, Judge, Path, Iono, <laughs> still fine, still a good combo. I think it's a little bit worse in this format. I just don't quite vibe with it. It's not a deck that I personally would play um, just because I don't think the deck gives you that much opportunity to outplay your opponent overall. Like you're announcing two attacks. You know, the decision tree is very linear. So you're just really hoping to out consistency them, which is yes. like not a tournament winning strategy. I mean, I don't know if that's true though. I don't know if I, that's true. I think with the power level of the decks in this format compared to Arceus's previous formats, I don't think it's a tournament winning strategy. That might be, you a know, when you could, when you compare, for example, NAIC a year ago, um, Arceus could like keep its footing with Palkia. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think just by like, a out consistency and b hitting for weakness and i don't think it has that same hole in the metagame this go around like it's good against lost zone box i think it's kind of arcus's main selling point but the garbage matchup feels like not good <laughs> no matter what you do to that deck you see a ton of these arcus decks playing alone bull picks and really that's not a reliable answer yeah yeah i guess that's that's a fair point so I personally would not play Arceus. I think if you're playing Arceus, you're playing it because you think the matchup versus Lost Zone is really good and you want to take advantage of that. That's fair. That is fair. Yeah. I mean, it it's going to do what you want. I think of all the decks that we've talked about, the Arceus player is probably going to get to play the most Pokemon in the sense that they are going to have the like most consistent like turn two attacks 
of most any of these decks. I mean, we, of course, talk yeah, about Mew definitely. being, like, very consistent and things like this, but then you factor in Spiritomb, uh, just locking you down turn one, and that figures to be a fairly prominent tech that a lot of people are considering. So, you know, if, if you're playing Arceus, you're looking to, you know, have a lot of games that, you know, are just going to play out to their natural conclusion. So uh, that is certainly something that... Um, you know, if you're someone that's maybe has a little less practice in this format, but you still know how to play Arceus decks, um, it just seems like it would be the players that are going to pick Arceus are not necessarily, um, m maybe they're picking it because, again, the Lost Fox matchup is very solid, but it could just be something that they default to. They haven't played in a while. NAIC is their first big tournament of the year, um, and they just, you know, don't really have the, the bandwidth to put together something new or learn turbo lost box or learn guardy to the uh you know to the level that they need to to compete i will say like if you haven't put your time in with guardy if you haven't put your time in with lost box i don't think i would recommend you play those decks they feel like there's just so much where it's like okay if i misplace one damage counter or if i misplace one energy then things can go horribly wrong like i think there is a lot of skill expression right now with those decks and so yeah I just would say, like, you know, maybe that would lead you to say, okay, Arceus is the deck for me because I haven't put the time in with Guardi. I just wouldn't recommend anyone pick up Gardevoir or pick up, like, a Lost Zone deck if they haven't ever played it before and try to run the table at NAIC. It just doesn't seem smart. So I think let's, you know, let's succinctly summarize that into sort of a ordered top five. And to me, that looks like Guardi, Turbo Lost Box, Giratina Lost Box, Mew, Arceus. In that order, maybe flipping Mew and Giratina. Would you agree with that? I, I don't know. I just, I don't know where Giratina is coming from. Like, that feels like it would be... Like, if Giratina showed up at NAIC and did really well, that feels like it would be coming out of the blue a bit for me. I don't agree. I don't necessarily agree. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, finally, we have a disagreement on this podcast but that just <laughs> it doesn't feel like a deck that um from what i've seen ha players have been really respecting a lot of putting time in with even though it's done pretty well over in japan all things considered it just doesn't feel like a deck well, i think even ignoring that right like i don't think the online tournaments in general are like going to be your best meta snapshot <laughs> but i think yeah. people it's a more straightforward version of Lost Zone Box. So, like, people who want to take advantage of Lost Zone Box, there's a little bit more space for them to use Giratina. Uh, and it's also just a, a little bit more of a fan favorite, I guess I would say. Like, the the Randalls, the, the people out there who are looking for a meta deck that has the cool Giratina card that one-shots anything, like, they're going to be attracted to that, right? I think Giratina is definitely cracking that top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe yeah. it's yeah, you know, maybe I'm wrong and it's fifth, but I think it is in that top five. That's fair. Um, and I think Arceus kind of just as the all reliable, I guess you know <laughs> the net yeah, inside yeah. the the fancy yeah. case like that's Arceus is going to be there. It's going to be in that conversation regardless of its meta standing. Sure, because it's that all reliable, and it's like sure. it is a fine strategy, right? To like try and just play the game better like yeah i mean not I like outplaying can... wise but you're playing right. the game like more than your opponent is <laughs> well i mean yeah and if you think about the guardy matchup right like gardevoir players are playing about three path counters right there maybe are playing a worker 
and potentially a pal pad or just three stadiums. Um, and so there's a reasonable probability that a path judge could stick. Now, Gardevoir player is probably digging through the entirety of their deck, you know, relatively <laughs> quickly. Um, so again, like that doesn't matter quite as much uh, because you have all that draw and you're just thinning the deck a lot. But, you know, it's, it's reasonable to assume you could sneak a few out against that deck. You take out their main attacker that they've damaged a bunch with the, um, gear, uh, the, with the Gardevoir EX trying to take a knockout on one of your big V stars. And all of a sudden the game can turn because you're getting one, two, three free turns. I definitely think that's true. Path. I just think Gardevoir hits that counter so often. And because Arceus is always attacking with a two-prizer, it only needs to hit it, like, twice, basically. Right, right. So, it's tough. It's tough. But, you know, I, Arceus is a deck I, I was drawn to, personally, so I wouldn't be surprised to see many other people drawn to it. And, you know, I, I think we've, we've found a lot of different stuff. I think, basically, at this point, the only thing left to do is get some more reps in and and share our thoughts next week as we head into the biggest tournament of all time yeah absolutely when are you coming down to columbus are you leaving on thursday i'm leaving or? on thursday yeah okay thursday all morning right. very good very good yeah so i'm going to be putting in some time this weekend um trying to do anything i can to not run games on ptcg live and uh yeah look forward to to circling back and talking a little bit more and, and getting you guys ready for what to expect at the biggest tournament in Pokemon's history. We love it. Awesome. Well, I think at that point, it's a, it's a good time to wrap up. So thank you so much to everyone for listening. If you want to check us out, be sure to head on over to social media. You can find me at smiles with Riles and JW at real John Walter. And we are very active on Twitter as well. You can find, um, oh my gosh, did I, I just like completely blanked that. My God. So <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, Smiles Riles, Real John Walter. And we also record live every single week at twitch.tv slash Munner. Uh, and JW also has a Twitch channel where he not only streams on weeks where I'm traveling, uh, but he also streams his own gameplay experiences, which maybe particularly interesting with TCG Live's array of glitches. Uh, so you know JW is the kind of guy who's going to have a fun time with that stuff, so be sure to check him out as well. We appreciate every single one of your support, and we're so excited to get to see some of you at NAIC. And I think I actually got it right that time after you know, yeah, blundering, oh man, yeah. blundering a little bit there. No, all good. <laughs> no, we, we really thank you guys for all your continued support of the cast. Uh, if you want to support us even further, you can head on over to Manscaped. Of course, use that code like we talked about earlier in the show. You can also go to flexdaddy.card slash shop. Maybe buy yourself a long sleeve t-shirt. Starting to, you know, I mean, we're getting you know, kind of midway, it feels like, through the summer. I don't know. Something Days like we're, starting, we're to well, is it today, are only getting shorter. So That's true. Every single day from now on is going to be shorter up until we hit the next solstice. So perfect time to get a long sleeve shirt <laughs> facts facts so yeah help support the cast in those ways but thank you again for your listenership everyone we cannot wait to see you like riley said at NEIC. that's going to do it for this episode today and we'll catch you on the next one peace tip